I left uh, at the end of my second year of graduate school, much to the consternation of some of the faculty at Harvard who thought that either I was going off the deep end or B, that I would never return. <laughs> what did you do over in Sri Lanka and India? Well, in Sri Lanka, I was able to meet people who are contemplatives, who've spent their life training their mind and familiarizing themselves with their mind. Of course, the word meditation comes from the Sanskrit root, which in part means familiarization. These are people who were utterly familiar with the operation of their own mind in ways that I think are not common in the West because they've just spent so much time doing it. I then went off to India uh, and had my first taste of intensive meditation practice. And this is kind of like meditation boot camp uh, where we're in retreat in complete silence and uh, meditating for, you know, more than 12 hours a day. It's very difficult to go through an experience like that and not really feel that your mind can be powerfully affected. So it sounds like what you're saying is that your interest in the science of the mind, the science of mindfulness, has very personal roots. It does have very personal roots. And, um, you know, I, I became involved in psychology and neuroscience because I was convinced that if people can transform their mind, we can actually make the world a better place. Hmm. But again, it sounds like you were challenging a fundamental idea about neuroscience, which is that, uh, well, the mind is just what the brain does. In fact, I went to a talk not that long ago with a prominent neuroscientist, and he was asked, uh, so what is the mind? And his definition was, the mind is what the brain does. That's not exactly your position, is it? No, it's not exactly my position, although I still would describe myself as saying that were it not for the brain, we wouldn't have a mind. Mm -hmm. However, having said that, I also would say that we can change our brain by transforming our mind. The involvement that I've had with the meditative traditions uh, has convinced me that we should regard qualities like kindness and compassion and equanimity and happiness and well-being, for that matter, really as the product of skills that can be nurtured through training. But I just want to follow up on this early point because it, it sounds like a really radical idea that mental activity alone can change the brain, can actually change the physical structure of the brain. I think at that time it was, it was a radical statement, unquestionably. And the amazing thing is now, I think that the majority of neuroscientists would agree with it. No, I'm willing to bet that people who have read about you in the popular press actually know you best because of your, your work with the Dalai Lama and with uh, a number of Buddhist monks. Um, and I know this has been important to you personally. Can you take me back to the first time you met the Dalai Lama? I met him for the first time in the fall of 1992 at his residence in Dharamsala, India. And uh, I was uh, in India as part of a small scientific team that he wished to encourage to investigate uh, the minds and brains of advanced meditation practitioners who were practicing in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition. It was a very special moment. I was the spokesperson for this group of four, and when you go in to meet the Dalai Lama, you know, you have to go through certain security. He's considered a head of state. And uh, I'm not a person who I'd consider to be very high anxious, hmm. but uh, 
in the period where um, just after we were searched, I nearly had a panic attack, <laughs> uh, and it was because I I could not envision how I was going to start the conversation. <laughs> um, I just reflected, you know, here I was about to meet His Holiness the Dalai Lama. I was flooded with all this self-doubt. Why am I here? Who am I to be wasting the Dalai Lama's time? And uh, we were ushered into a room, and uh, the Dalai Lama came in, you know, maybe 15 seconds after we were ushered into the room, and palpably, within less than one minute, all of my anxiety was completely and utterly and totally gone. And not only was my anxiety gone, but... Uh, I felt um, more secure and more content than uh, I had felt in a long, long time. So what happened in that first minute? You know, the Dalai Lama um, has an amazing presence.